0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado. The best is
0: yet to come.
1: Yes, all right, everybody. What is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 254 future award-winning Tucker Buffalo podcast. Big thank you to everybody out there as always for continuing to listen, download, support the show. It really means a lot to me. And I'll tell you what, we have had a very big uptick in listenership and subscribers of late. So again, thank you very much. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Um, I got a semi-rare non-sports-filled episode today. You know, I say it from time to time on this show. This is Talking Buffalo Podcast, not necessarily Talking Buffalo Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm going to have a nice chat with WIVB-TV Channel 4 morning news anchor Kelsey Anderson. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things I love about Kelsey. And one of them is that she's born and raised in Western New York. Uh, She grew up near Orchard Park, went to Orchard Park High School before going to Ithaca for college. After school, she spent four and a half years getting her feet wet, getting her career started in TV broadcast journalism. She worked in Boise, Idaho, of all places. And I never thought I'd be talking about Boise on this podcast. Do you know what? Here we are. Uh, Kelsey did a great job out there. She racked up some awards. And then in the spring of 2018, the opportunity came about for her to come back home and work at Channel 4. It was an opportunity that she couldn't pass up. We'll talk about all that stuff. We'll talk about why she wanted to come back home, uh, what this crazy life and sleep schedule of a morning TV news anchor is, some of the challenges that come along, along with everyone else out there with COVID. Um, the relationships inside TV news stations and the significance of them. Because let's face it, you cannot fake chemistry. The audience, viewers, fans, they see right through it. So we're talking about that. We have a very candid conversation about the pros and all the pitfalls of social media. I find out a few of her favorite wing and pizza spots because I always do that. And then of course, we end with, I've had it in talking Buffalo podcast fun fact finale. I'm gonna rattle off a bunch of random questions at her. Much more coming up with her, and I'll tell you. Like I said, I'm a very, very big Kelsey Anderson fan, and I'm not just saying that. By the way, I mean she is truly one of the nicest people that I've ever interviewed on this podcast, and I mean ever. Beautiful person inside and out. Great personality, and extremely proud. Western New Yorker. I just I enjoy talking to her immensely. So following that too. By the way, I have a segment called Pat's Picks, where I'm going to run down all the NFL games and pick the winners. I'm going to do it against the point spread, of course. Uh, I did this on Twitter only last week. Went nine five and one. So if you listen to me, you probably made a couple bucks. I'll be doing a segment on the Friday episodes of this podcast, not Tuesday. I'll be doing it every Friday for the rest of the season. I'll see how many. I could get right this week. But anyway, that's later on, right now, and I don't want to waste any more time. So let's just get right after it. Here it is, my chat with WIBB-TV, Channel 4 Morning News anchor, Kelsey Anderson. All right, I am joined right now by Morning News anchor at WIBB-TV, Channel 4. Kelsey Anderson, Western New York, born and raised, by the way. What's going on, Kelsey? How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm glad to have you on. It's been a minute since I've been able to have somebody from Channel 4 on. I've had, uh, Josh has been on the show. I had Mary Margaret on before. Um, I, I Jenna Harder when she was there. Had Heather on. Um, she's um, the
0: best. We miss her. Yeah,
1: I, I love Jenna. Um, I had Heather on <laughs> when she was at Channel 2. Of course, she's with you guys now at Channel 4, but, uh. Anyway, I'm really glad to have you on, and I kind of want to keep the format the same, and that's giving fans an opportunity to know a little more about you, just beyond the excellent work that you do on the air. Like I said, a little peek behind the curtain of sorts. Like I said at the top here, you're born and raised in Orchard Park. What was life like yeah. for a What was life like for a, a young Kelsey Anderson growing up in OP?
0: Well, I think when you grow up in Orchard Park, you come out of the womb and you're an immediate Bills fan. So that's First and foremost, a uh, huge Bills fan. I-, I grew up kind of in the outskirts of Orchard Park near Boston area. So my family had a lot of land and we were, I just, I really love the outdoors. That's something that's really, I'm really passionate about. Um, but honestly, just growing up in Orchard Park, just a huge Buffalo girl, big Bills fan and life was good.
1: <laughs> now. For news media people, sports media people, there always comes a point in your life where it kind of clicks in your mind that this might be something that you could be interested in pursuing a career for. Now with you, was it when you were a young kid, were you in high school, were you in college? At what point did you say, you know what, I want to do this for a living. I'd love to pursue this.
0: Yeah, I was definitely a young kid Um, and my friend Katie, my sister and I, We would take our parents' camcorders at the time, and we would film these, you know, fake newscasts. (laughs) I remember one distinctly. I said, Mackenzie, Mackenzie's my sister, Mackenzie, go outside. I'm going to, you know, rub you up with dirt. We're going to pretend you got hit by a deer, and I'm going to be the reporter on scene. (laughs) I I have no idea where we came up with it. Um, I used to pretend I was Jackie Walker on an anchor desk. I still have not found these tapes, by the way, I'm I'm still looking for them. (laughs) Um, I've been a Jackie Walker fan my whole life Mm -hmm. and we would just, we'd film all of these movies and our newscasts and movies, and we would do commercials and I will never forget as well. My friend's dad was the high school football coach for frontier and he had a ton of game tapes and we accidentally filmed over one of these game tapes one time without realizing it. (laughs) And he had the entire varsity team over at his house and they're watching their game tape. And I pop up pretending to be Jackie Walker or whatever with one of these fake newscasts. And it was mortifying (laughs) and he was not happy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How were your parents, when, when you told, like, your parents that this is something that I want to do, how were they initially about it? Were they supportive right away? Were they, oh, yeah. were they a little bit wary about it? They were supportive right away?
0: They were definitely supportive right away. I mean, I don't know. I, they were probably nervous. I mean, how many people back then got those types of jobs? And they certainly didn't know any of those people, you know, who had any of those jobs in broadcast news. But my parents are incredible people and they told me, you know, I grew up thinking I can do whatever I want in life. My sister, she went to school for fashion. I mean, we were not told, no, you should be a doctor. You should be a lawyer. You should be this or that. We were told, well, what do you want to do? And we'll help you get there.
1: You know, you you went to Orchard Park High School, correct? Yes, correct. What were some of the things that you were involved with when you were in high school?
0: Um, well, I did take a journalism class with Mrs. Williams, um, Bonnie Williams. She's actually still there and she, she has me, um, to this day, she has me come into her class to talk to her students, which is really nice. So I was involved in that, but I was, I was a swimmer in high school. I don't think in high school I had quite found my voice yet. I say these things like, oh, when I was a kid, I really wanted to do this. I would take my dad's camcorder, but I was really quiet in high school, like really, really quiet. And so I still think people I graduated with are still probably like, out of all people, that's the girl who's on TV and who's so loud and talkative because I really don't think I came out of my shell until, until college.
1: You know, that's, that's very interesting because I've talked to a lot of news media people here and sports media people as well through these episodes and that's something that I've heard kind of quite a bit of like the people who on TV appear to have the most outgoing personalities growing up as kids they were some of the most introverted shy people out there that that's really interesting
0: yeah (laughs) and now I would consider myself I would definitely consider myself an extrovert I just don't think I had found that voice yet right
1: now you mentioned college, I I did. you went to Ithaca yeah. for college. Why, why did you go to Ithaca and were there other schools that you considered or was that where you knew you wanted to go the entire time?
0: No, I actually considered a bunch of schools. Um, obviously a lot of people think of Syracuse when they think of communication. Mm-hmm. So I applied there. Um, I was thinking of Kent state in Ohio. Um, uh, St. Bonaventure was on the list too. But Ithaca, I was really drawn to it because of the hands-on interaction you can do there. And they, the first day, said, you know, you can rent out a camera the first day. And they had this awesome journalism program, A, and then they had a TV station, too, which was all student-run. And it it was amazing. It was a really nice opportunity. It was called Newswatch 16. And a lot of news stations at schools. You just report on what's happening around campus. But we took the job very seriously and we reported on all of Ithaca and we called ourselves Ithaca's only local news, because technically there is no local news in Ithaca. The closest is Elmira.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I remember one time and our, we had a news director who was also a student and she would text us, hey, who's not in class? There was a shooting or there's a fire or something. I need someone to go grab a camera. And go get this. Um, and so one time I went out and, you know, went and shot uh, a shooting that had just happened. And this woman comes over to me and she's like, are you from, are you from New York city? (laughs) And I said, no, you know, I'm from newswatch 16. And she says, channel 16. We don't even get that channel. (laughs) So we took it seriously, but I don't think one person in Ithaca actually watched
1: (laughs) uh, besides that, like things that you did to help hone your craft, getting ready for what ultimately would become your career. Now, I know you've had at least one internship From what I'm reading in my notes there, you're an intern for a short time at Channel 7, right? Is that true?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the summer of, and I can't remember, if it was, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Um, And it was a wonderful opportunity. I went out with Rachel Elzafon a lot. She was a reporter there at the time. And... Oh, Ed Riley, Ed Riley and I, um, he let me tag along with him quite a bit as well. And it was just, it was a really nice opportunity to come home and see if I really actually liked, you know, tagging along with these reporters and I liked what they were doing. Um, and I found I really did enjoy it. And then, uh, our, my current news director, Lisa Polster, she worked at channel seven. And so I know that question is kind of coming up, but that's kind of, it ties into how I got the job at channel four is because she worked at channel seven when I was an intern there and we kept in touch.
1: Sure. Now let me ask you this. So you, you talk about growing up as a kid, being a little introverted and it took you time even in high school to kind of find your voice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you grow into a career, which you're quite good at obviously. And now you're much more extroverted. Thank you. What's that process like? Getting comfortable being behind the camera because I gotta assume that's a, a a pretty big process. Going from, like I said, even if you're not shy, it, it's one thing to think about doing something, but when that those lights are on, that camera's on, it it takes a while. It's probably a process to kind of get comfortable and get used to, right?
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really have a huge problem with that. I I mean, to this day, I still don't love public speaking. And I will go out and emcee certain events and and things like that. Um, But I get nervous to do that kind of thing. But the camera, I've always just thought of it as this inanimate object that I'm talking to. And I just kind of pretend no one's really watching. Obviously, we love our viewers and we do want to know that they're watching. But I've always just been myself. And if you watch Channel 4, the Wake Up crew you'll notice I, half the time, I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth before I say it, and it's there, and Dave Graber will give me a look, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and it's just me. That's who I am. I, I I'm very, you know, I can be sporadic, and I'm adventurous, and I can be kind of wild, and I just, again, I'm talking to this inanimate object, and I'm just hanging out with my friends because we're really we are friends on the wake up team. And I really just, I feel like I'm just hanging out with them every morning.
1: Yeah. Now. So post-college you end up in Boise, Idaho to take a TV news reporting and anchor job. How did that opportunity come about first and foremost to go to Idaho? Yeah.
0: Yeah, So, uh, it's funny how you say Idaho because everyone looked at me like I was crazy when I announced that I was moving to Idaho. People didn't even know where it was on a map. First of all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So in news, there's markets. So, you know, it's market one through 210 and one is New York City, two is L.A., three is Chicago, and it goes down the list. And then 210 is I don't even know what 210 is. It's the smallest market in America. Um And so I told myself, I didn't really want to go to one of those small towns in America. I wanted to try to go somewhere that had something going on. And like I've told you, I'm very adventurous and very outdoorsy. So I had a few markets in my mind that I really wanted to go to. And I also hate the heat. So, well, I hated it. I've learned to like it a little bit more, but (laughs) I I kind of cut out the entire South because I just can't stand the humidity. So you'd you'd hate
1: it where I am for sure then.
0: Yeah. Florida. I, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hear you. Florida's great to visit, but I can, I just can't live there. Uh, I think growing up in Buffalo is just, you know, right. did that to me. So I, Bend, Oregon was on my list, Boise, Idaho, Anchorage, Alaska. I wanted to go there so bad, <laughs> but they didn't have any openings at the time. They called me two weeks later though, after I got the job in Boise, which was sad, but, um, Boise is full of mountains and rivers and amazing people. And I applied for the job and they called me and they were definitely asking how I even heard of that station and they flew me out and I fell in love with it immediately. Um, I, yeah, I, I just love, I loved being out there.
1: What was it like, like working and not just working, but living there? Like what about Boise? Idaho is, uh, like kind of similar in some ways to Buffalo and like, what are like a couple of the, like the biggest differences? Like I said, you growing up in Western New York, you know, the area extremely well.
0: Um, honestly, everyone thinks, Oh, that's, that must be such a different place, but it's really pretty similar to Buffalo. It's a much newer city. So Buffalo has so much culture and history that Boise doesn't have, but the city of good neighbors is there. Um, everyone is just is so friendly and so nice there. And I think I fell in love with that and how they all just, you know, love Boise and have that faithfulness to their city that Buffalo kind of has. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I just I fell in love with all of the things that I could do there, the, all the outdoor activities. That was really awesome. Also there are Buffalo bills fans in Boise. And of course, If there are fans anywhere, I will find them. And (laughs) what's really funny, I was at a Boise State game. I lived down the street from Boise State. So I went to almost every game. Um, And we were tailgating, and my friend goes, at one of the first games, my friend goes, did you see that Bills flag flying over there? And this guy has this big Broncos flag flying, and underneath the Broncos flag is a Bills flag. Mind you, it's like the only NFL flag in the entire parking lot. So – of course I have to go over there. I walk over, and I said, hey, uh, who's who's the Bills fan over here? And all these people are yelling, oh, it's Mike. It's Mike. Mike comes over. He's this awesome guy. I find out he went to high school with my parents. He went to Ken West. He knows my aunts and uncles. Wow. <laughs> very, very strange. Wow. And Mike becomes like my second father in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> that That is awesome. <laughs> so I was there for... <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I was there for four and a half years and Mike I went and hung out with him at every game. We watched a ton of Bills games together on Sundays and his family just totally took me in as you know any Buffalonian I'm sure would and it was just that was really, really cool. Yeah, it is
1: <laughs> wow, what a small world. You, you know yeah, very every, strange. Every conversation that I end up having ultimately at some point will turn into a talk about food. Like in Buffalo, obviously pizza and wings, beef on whack. Down here in Florida, it's all about like seafood stuff, like that. Like, boy, what's what's Boise got for food that's good?
0: Honestly, I think they just really like their potatoes, their fries.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But they don't have they don't have that culture, like I was saying, that like Buffalo has, Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't have that really good food. I mean, you go to, they have good food. You go to places and it's mainly just like the American food menu.
1: Yeah. So now you're there for four and a half years. You pile up some impressive awards as well. How did the opportunity, you spoke about it a little bit anyway, how did the opportunity to come about for you to join WIBB? You came there in the spring of 2018. Like what was that process like going from Idaho back to Buffalo?
0: Yeah. um, So I mentioned earlier WKBW, I interned there at Channel 7. And a woman I interned under was Lisa Polster, and she's actually my news director now. So she got the news director job at Channel Four. We'd kept in touch for about seven years, and she const she texted me every year, "When do you want to come back? When do you want to come back?" And then uh, when she got the news director job, she says, "Okay, I'm I'm ready to hire you. When is your contract up in Boise?" Um, so that was really helpful. Also very helpful. This is a bit of an odd connection, but I swam at Orchard Park high school and my swim coach is now married to Don Paul. (laughs) Oh really? So, and yeah, and they started dating when we were, when I was on the swim team and I'm very close to my swim coach still to this day. Um, and they started dating and Don Paul would come to our swim meets and we would of course freak out. And me being this huge news for watcher would really freak out. And he was, he was at all these swim meets. And so I, I was in touch with her obviously too. And, um, and she said, Hey, you know, Don sure could help because him and Jackie Walker are still very close too. So there was, there were a bunch of weird connections. I think just living in Buffalo, you know, everyone knows everyone. I had a friend of a friend who worked at channel four too. So I had like four connections and Lisa, uh, Lisa kept coming to me and she's like, Kelsey, can you stop telling people to hire you because I'm, I'm going to hire you. And she goes every day, someone else comes over to me. Hey, you should hire this Kelsey after girl because she knows someone that I know. And I said, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, you know, air out all my potential people that could help me get this job. I guess.
1: I, I, let me ask you this too. Was it like easy or a little bit of a difficult decision to come back home? And normally I wouldn't even have to ask that because I would say, Well, it was a hundred percent easy, but I mean, through our conversation, you've already spoke of being adventurous and being outdoorsy and that you enjoyed living and and working in Boise. So was it a little bit of a difficult decision or was it like really snap? Like I'm absolutely coming back home.
0: I would be lying if I said it was super easy because I really did. I fell in love with Idaho. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have world-class skiing, Um, whitewater rafting. They have, you know, we would go on a hike. I was, I worked the morning show there too. So I'd get out at noon and I would go hike, you know, nine miles after work, which a little more difficult to do in Buffalo, New York. Um, and I had a lot of people in my corner over there. I think when everyone is coming to Idaho, not a lot of people who I worked with were from Idaho. So we all became like a little bit of a family. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was no doubt in my mind I would end up back in Buffalo one day. And I always, I always talked about Buffalo, even on air. This one guy tweeted at me one day and said, we get it. You're from Buffalo. No one cares. (laughs) 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 And I was like, well, that's rude. Um, But I always knew I would come back here because I am so close with my family. I mean, people here at work make fun of me. They don't make fun of me, but they, they know I'm so close to my family because I hang out with my grandma more than I hang out with anyone in this world. I mean, she's my best friend. I see my grandma five times a week. Most people see their grandma, you know, a couple times a month. (laughs) Um, but I, I loved the opportunity that I was given that opportunity to come back here. And it was easy, but it was hard in a sense too, because I was Giving up, um, you know what I had in Idaho, and I, I really did enjoy it there. So if anyone gets the chance to vacation in Idaho, it's a great place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. All right, so tell us a little bit about like the life of being a morning anchor. Now I've had a few on this podcast, a few of your colleagues from other stations, uh, Melissa Holmes and Katie Morris, and yeah. we had discussions, and it just it seems crazy a little bit at least at first with mainly with your sleeping schedule i mean how long did it take you to get used to that morning anchor lifestyle and what to you is a little bit of that morning anchor lifestyle like i said because you're obviously going to bed very early because you're getting up extremely early it's definitely a different life isn't it
0: it's definitely different yeah i was lucky that i worked the same shift when i you know lived out west Mm -hmm. um so when i was given that opportunity here in buffalo it wasn't that hard to transition, but it's still, I mean, day to day, my friends here don't get out of work until, you know, seven o'clock at night. And that's when I kind of have to go to bed. So I definitely gave up a little bit of a social life, but it's really nice because you get out at noon and you have the whole day to do whatever. You're the only person at the grocery store. You know, if I have a doctor appointment, it's kind of nice that I get out at noon and I can go do that stuff, but I do go to bed around seven o'clock, seven or eight o'clock. So it's definitely
1: it's different. <laughs> yeah, it is, and I'm glad that you're able to point out so many advantages because there are some advantages to uh to that oh, yeah. sleep schedule and to that lifestyle for sure. Now I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about COVID here, but what were a couple of the challenges, or what are I should say, a few of the challenges of having to work through all this craziness? Uh, obviously, yeah. and again, I've had been fortunate to have conversations with plenty of news and sports media people. It really changes. How you do your job. Yeah. And, I mean, it's changed for everybody, of course, not just in your business, but in your business specifically as news people that people are tuning into to watch every day. It's just crazy. And it's really changed how you have to do your job right now.
0: Yeah. I, when we first changed or when COVID first became what it became, when we were aware, okay, this is a big deal. Um, we, a lot of people left the station. Our producers still are working from home. The photographers and they and the reporters were given um, all their gear and a car, and they were not allowed back at the station. Um, so the anchors, and this was right around the time I was a reporter when I first started here in Buffalo, and I was supposed to join the morning show in March or April, I don't remember, And and then all of this hit. So they told all the anchors, you're parts of different teams now, so... Erica Brecker and I, we were on, I don't know if it was green team and we worked together. We anchored the morning show a couple days a week together. And then the blue team would come in and they would anchor the other few days a week so that we would never overlap. And then the night side anchors would come in and we would, we would never overlap with the, the night side crew. And we were really some of the only people in the building, um, on those mornings, um, But just because, you know, our our schedule also, our schedule obviously changed a bit, but also just becoming, so many people were stuck at home and becoming the person that they were really going to at that time um, really felt like an honor. I mean, a lot of people who maybe weren't watching the news pre-COVID turned on the TV to see what was happening. And just being that person to tell, inform people during the craziest time in our lives, what's going on and what's happening, giving them the facts of what was happening. Again, it, it just, it did feel like a big honor.
1: It, I, I got to ask you this too, because looking now back in hindsight, it really came out of nowhere in terms of how yeah. quickly it became impactful because I had Erie County Executive Mark Polincar did my podcast with me in very early March. And I remember this very well. We talked for a good hour. We were talking about a blizzard because it was a blizzard warning in Buffalo right yeah. at the beginning of March, which is of course very typical for Western New York. But again, we talked for an hour and the subject of COVID wasn't even anything that was on the table for us to talk about. Now, that's not to say he didn't know anything about it. But point being is that it wasn't an issue at that time and just a short amount of time later, you know, you, you guys, you ladies are all, like you said, having to do newscasts from all and just your whole industry in the world just got completely turned upside down. It's just nuts to even think about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it happened to everyone, really. Everyone got pretty turned upside down. And March 1st was the first case in New York state. It was, I believe a woman who had been to Iran and she came back, um, first reported case. Um, And March 1st, we were all still, I feel like, living our lives. And, you know, we heard of this first case, and then we heard of the first case in Rochester uh, probably a week later. And then it came to Erie County, the first reported case again. Um, And, yeah, and then all of a sudden, I do not envy any manager out there or any boss out there because they had to make some really tough decisions in you know, a very short amount of time.
1: Yeah. Now you spoke earlier a little bit about the relationship with a few of your colleagues. How important is it to have a good relationship with your colleagues, especially at a TV station? Because I feel like when you're on air with other people, if if that relationship is phony, I, I kind of feel like the, the viewer could see through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with your coworkers. It's just how important it is not just the on-air personalities, but the producers and everybody else involved, how important it is that you guys and your girls are all on the same page.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've said I am completely real on TV. What you see on TV is who I am. I'm not trying to put on a show. And I think that helps, too. I mean, everything I try to put out there is as objective as I possibly can put out there. Um, And so you would be able to tell if I did not like my coworkers because I am just a a terrible, terrible liar. Um, So yeah, Mel and I are so, so close. Dave and I, we've shared a pod. We have pods at channel four and Dave sits in my pod from day one that I started here. So Dave and I already had a relationship. Um, Mel and I just instantly clicked when I met her. When Gabby started here, I think if you don't like Gabby, there's something wrong with you because she's the bubbliest person ever. She's also from Buffalo or the Buffalo area. Um, So we clicked immediately. Um, Some of my producers, they're amazing. Photographers, they're amazing. One of our producers is this massive Bills fan. So he and I just talk Bills, you know, all the time. Um, So yeah, we we get along pretty well. And I think it'd be really hard, especially because you guys are all waking up. We're all waking up at these crazy hours in the morning right. and we're all coming to work and we just kind of want like, I don't know, especially at that time, you kind of want people around you who are going to put a smile on your face because it's <laughs> difficult to drive to work at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I tell you, I, I have a hard time and I agree with you. Like I said, it's hard to be phony and phony nice at any time, but especially at four in the morning, you're still at yeah, I mean, so like half asleep if you don't like somebody you're gonna you're gonna know it for sure
0: yeah and um, you kind of got to rely on those coworkers. if you didn't get a good night's sleep mm-hmm. i mean you have to really rely on them to help you out get you through that that show
1: what are you gonna yeah. do like you know the for many years during the bills drought where they weren't good they never played prime time games but now they have yeah. a thursday night game this year they have i think two monday night games so You're going to be a very tired girl on uh, those following mornings, aren't you? Because I I know you well enough to know you're a a big Bills fan. I can't see you sleeping through a Buffalo Bills primetime game.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll be up and awake for that. And the people watching the very next day, which I don't know if we're going to have this massive viewership the very next day because people will probably be sleeping (laughs) in. um, But I will be very real with them, and I will be yawning, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, on that show the next day. And I'm going to be very real that I stayed up and I watched those games. No, I don't miss, I don't miss a game.
1: <laughs> now, now you talked about, you know, Jordan Stace originally doing reporting before anchoring. Uh, you know, I've asked a, a couple other local news media people who are actually born and raised in Western New York, like you are, do you think in some ways that growing up in the town that you cover for a living is a a little bit advantageous? Because like I said, you know the community, you know the region, like the back of your hand, especially someone like yourself, like I said, who grew up in the area. Does that matter at all? do you think does is that a little bit advantageous at least to really know the area very well?
0: yeah, I think it does i think I think we're all amazing at our jobs. I mean to be hired at channel four they you know you can't this can't be well, it can be your first job out of college, but that's kind of rare um so I think just Knowing the area when I go and go and tell a story, it does help. It definitely does help. I know where I'm driving to. I know how to pronounce the names of whatever I'm right. talking about, yeah. um, without having to ask that. I have people I already know in this community who, you know, I can reach out to if I have questions, or I can reach out to for story ideas um, in certain communities. Um, and I think people in Buffalo like seeing someone who's from here
1: on the news too. Sure. Yeah. I I, I I agree with that 100%. What's your take on social media? To me this is a fascinating topic and I've had some really good uh takes from people in the media on it because it works yeah. both ways. Okay? Now, you got the one way where it works great because it does give Kelsey Anderson an opportunity to really connect with your audience on a more personal level beyond just the time that you're on the air on TV. Um when you have a story to report, you can tweet it out, put it on Facebook, whatever, Instagram, those stories get out instantly. And that's great for you. It's great for mm-hmm. WIVB TV. Yeah. But there's also an ugly side to Twitter as well. And just social media in general, because you got trolls, you got mean, angry people who sit there behind a keyboard who got, I don't want to say no, well, a lot of them in cases, no life, you know, and, and they get off on upsetting people and trying to incite responses from from all you guys in the media. It's a very tough balance and and you're a real person. but You're also a very nice person. I mean, I I followed you on Twitter. I've seen how you interact with people. You're very kind to people, which in some cases (laughs) might be hard because, you know, I don't like to swear often on here, but there's assholes out there who are really going to say some negative things and they only do it because they just want to get a response out of you. So how do you balance that? Like I said, taking the good and the bad of social media, like what's your take on it?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for you know, calling me kind. I think I lead my life in just being as nice as I can to people. And I think that's kind of helped me get where I am as well. Um, yeah, social media, man, it, (laughs) I can get heated on this debate. It's, it is really nice that I can tell a great story and I put it out there and a ton of people get to see it. That is fantastic. On the other hand, there have been times where I think a story is so great and I'm so excited to get it out there and it gets, you know, not such great viewership. And then I tweet a picture of my dog and it gets, you know, 500 likes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that can be frustrating too, a, part, a frustrating part of social media. And then of course the trolls. I don't know. If you've been in the business long enough, you just kind of get used to these people. And I think but some you know, of them but are you know, even like, yeah, robots. But you-
1: I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, Kelsey, but yeah, but you can can only get so used to it though. No matter what, mean people are still mean and you people are on TV, you're human. Insults don't feel good. I don't care who you are. Now, some people might act like nothing hurts them or bothers them, but I have a hard time believing that it doesn't because you're a human being, you know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. I mean, when you get a nasty comment, it definitely stings, but I think how long you let the sting affect you is you know, the difference between a person who's been in the business for a while and a person who hasn't been in the business for so long. I mean, when I would get those nasty comments when I first started, it would hurt a lot more and it would take a few days to get over. Now it takes me, you know, an hour and I'm over it. Um, And I do respond if someone says something that I don't think is totally correct, I will respond to them. And who knows, a lot of people have their opinion and that's their opinion and they're not going to change their minds. But there are people out there who will write into us. And I have an example of it where someone wrote something really nasty about my anchor in Boise. And she responded and said, you know, I'm a real person. He said, she looked like a clown. You know, I'm a real person. This is, this is hurtful. And he responded. He said, I'm so sorry. I had no idea anyone would even read that, which is odd. Why are you writing it? If you don't think someone's going to read it, but I don't think half of the people writing stuff into our email think that it is going to make it into our hands. I think a lot of people write into the newsroom email and think, "Oh, there's someone managing this email." But that's not the case. Everyone sees everything that is sent into that newsroom email. Um and then on Twitter, I just have I have my Twitter trolls and in I keep going back to Boise. I apologize, but I had Oh, don't <laughs> apologize. Really? Awful. <laughs> awful troll in Boise. He tweeted at me constantly, just berating me. He was the one who said, we get it. You live in Buffalo. Nobody cares. Um, and I went out on this story with my co-anchor at the time and we did this story on, it, he was, it was on referees and there was this guy who was this referee who was talking to me and he was so nice and so great. And I leave and my co-anchor goes, Kelsey, you know who that is, right? And I said, no, I I have no idea who that is. And he said, that's so-and-so on Twitter, my number one troll. And he was so nice to my face. And I had no idea that that was him. I mean, that, so when someone can hide behind a computer and say those things, but not say it to your face, I just think there's.
1: Yeah, there's no, could be, there's no accountability to it. And it, and, and it, yeah. and, it's, and it bothers me greatly. And I can only imagine it's bad for anybody, guy or girl. And I can only imagine that it's even worse for females because on top of that, so many of you are being objectified, you know, Kelsey, you're an attractive yeah. young woman, uh, Ashley Holder from channel two who just started in the sports department there. She put out yeah. a tweet um promoing a show and she had a, a red dress on and she pointed and good for her. She called the person out instead of saying anything about her reporting or anything. The, the only comment was get yeah. a bigger dress because her dress was too tight or something like that. It's stuff like that. It just, it makes me sick. It really does. It pisses me off. I yeah. uh, credit to a lot of you, uh, Just you would handle, you handle it a lot better than I do. Let's just put it that way. Uh,
0: yeah. Unfortunately, what comes out of our mouth sometimes isn't heard. Instead, what people get out of the newscast is what someone was wearing or how right. their voice sounded. And, you know, if that's why you're watching, then good for you, but we don't need you to comment. Right. You know, we, we it's, that's not why I'm here. It's not to please you with my dress, it's to give you the facts, the information. I, you know, I care about what I wear, but that's not my number one care in life. By the way, I didn't even know how to do my makeup or hair or dress well growing up at all. That's something I had to learn. (laughs) And it's something I'm definitely still learning. I grew up the biggest tomboy ever. So coming to work every day in makeup and these pretty dresses, it's certainly (laughs) not me, (laughs) but um, I'm still getting used to that. I'm, I'm still getting used to that. But I did have one woman one time, she said, and I'm I'm tired all the time. She did say, Are you going on a trip because your your under eye bags look like you're packing for two weeks? And that comment that happened like years ago. That comment still sticks out and I still laugh about that. I mean some of these things you just have to laugh at. Yeah. Really
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's nice that I have my coworkers to laugh with.
1: <laughs> right. Well, let's, I'll say this too, by the way, the the Twitter troll conversation represents a very small percentage of people. Most people are very good people. Western New York is full of good people. Like what is it about Buffalo that you love the most? Now as somebody who grew up there my entire life and has spent the last couple of years down here in Florida, the sense of community, I kind of took it for granted when I was only in Buffalo. I think when you're only, and now you know this because you spent time living in Boise, I think if you only live in one area your whole life, you kind of take little things that might seem a little trivial to other people. You kind of take it for granted because you've always had that. But when you don't have it anymore and you leave, I think you start to appreciate some of the things about a culture like Buffalo. That's my take on it anyway. Like, what's your take on Buffalo? Why do you love Western New York so much?
0: I 100% agree. The pride that's in Buffalo, I don't think you get that really anywhere else. Um, my favorite thing about Western New Yorkers is I have a rule. I have to travel with something bills on (laughs) and I love to travel. It's a huge passion of mine. I mean, lately I haven't done much of it, but when I get on a plane and all my friends know this, I have to have a hat, a sweatshirt, something. I'm also a cozy traveler. So I basically wear pajamas when I'm on a plane. (laughs) I wear something bills related And it's my favorite thing in the world when I'm in another airport and someone comes over to me and says, go Bills and talks to me and I become their friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You don't get that. If there are two New England Patriots fans walking by each other in the airport, they won't even, they won't even make eye contact. If you're two Bills fans walking in an airport and you see someone else wearing, you know, something related, you could become their best friend. That's what I love about Western New York right there is. The pride of living in this area and the people in it that are just so, so awesome to be around. It's who you want to surround yourself with,
1: really. You know, it's kind of funny because, again, living all the years in Buffalo, I had some Bills gear, some Savers gear, but I didn't wear it all that much. Down here in Florida, I wear it all the time when I go somewhere. And especially now because really? the Bills are pretty good the last couple of years. i yeah. not going to lie. I'll go to a sports bar, stick my chest out a little bit with my Bills gear on. Like Sunday for the opener, I went uh, with a couple of buddies to watch the game at, at a bar, and I'm sticking my chest on. I'm pumped. I got my Bills hat on, my Josh Allen jersey. It was kind of fun. So yeah, love Buffalo, love the Bills, love chicken wings. I'm a huge wings guy. To a lesser extent, pizza yes. anyway. I ask every guest this. Like, I'm sure you've at least had some places. Like, what are a few of your uh, favorite spots? Are you a wing person? Do you like wings, pizza? Like, what oh, are a couple? Yeah. Of your What are your couple? Of your, I know that's that's such a rhetorical question to ask anybody from Western New York. What a what are what are a few of your favorite spots?
0: Um first of all do I like wings? Yes. Second, I have wings as the background on my phone <laughs> and I'm like I'm just I love wings. Yeah. Mm. So Bar Bill is number 1 for me mm-hmm. with wings. I I I don't think you can beat Bar Bill's wings or their beef on whack. I just think they're perfect. Um a couple other good places, I really like Kelly's Corner wings. That's close to Channel 4. So when Jenna Harner actually first started at Channel 4, she hadn't had good Buffalo wings yet, so I went and got her uh Kelly Corner. Kelly's corner. Um yeah, those are probably like two of my go-to spots. They're obviously I think you can't go wrong with wings in Buffalo. Um and pizza, I'm a Bella pizza girl.
1: Woohoo, me too. I yeah. love Bella. I miss Bella. The Bella's my favorite Bella so and good. Miss Bella and Mr. Pizza are my two favorite pizza spots. I agree. Barbell's okay. awesome. Kelly Corner's very under the radar. It's not quite as mainstream yeah. as like Bar Bill and Elmos and a few other places. Yeah. But yeah, man, those are good spots. You can't go wrong. Yeah, you, know, you said beef on weck. By the way, I should have asked you this because down here in Florida, ninety yeah. percent of people have never even heard of beef on whack in Boise. Like, if you said, if you walked in oh. to somewhere and said, "Can I get a beef on weck?" Would they look at you like you're crazy?
0: Oh yeah, they would have no idea what that was. <laughs> they didn't even know what chicken wing dip was.
1: Oh my! God. I would make
0: it for every Boise State game and. These people would flock from all over the parking lot because they knew I would make this, you know, chicken wing dip every week to come and have some of it. And none of them, I don't think I met one person who knew what that was, which is really shocking.
1: Wow. All right. Last question. Yeah. Then we're going to wrap up with the fun fact finale. Uh, I asked almost every person that I have from the media on this, because I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are interested, whether it's blogging, TV news reporting podcasting and to some extent, they want to get in this type of industry. Uh, you just, again, like for anyone out there who might be interested, what kind of advice could you give them? What's the best advice you can give somebody who says, you know what, I'm a 13 year old girl getting ready to go to high school right now. I want to be the next Kelsey Anderson. Like what advice would you give her or him?
0: Yeah, I think we talked about this earlier. I was that quiet kid in school. And I think a lot of you know, kids grow up and for whatever reason, they're, you know, they're pegged as that quiet kid. Um, I was pegged as that quiet kid. Um, And I don't think a lot of people thought, oh, she would be the one on TV one day. But, and even when I got into college, I certainly, I was a part of that Newswatch 16, but I certainly wasn't a standout in the communications department by any means. Um, I was, I did really well in school, really, really well. But I don't think any of my professors would have been like, you know, that's the next big thing. She's the next big anchor. Um, So I think don't really listen to the people around you and try to be yourself as much as you possibly can. And, you know, just go for it. I mean, again, People around you could say certain things about you, but whatever, however you perceive yourself is really what, what really
1: matters. That's great advice. All right. So we're going to, we're going to wrap up here. Fun fact finale. I'm just going to ask you some random questions. Not a lot of deep thought required, whatever the first thing that pops in your mind, that's going to be your answer. That's the way we roll. That's the way we end all these. So you good to go?
0: I'm good to go.
1: All right, let's go. Favorite all-time athlete.
0: Katie Ledecky.
1: Katie, Big swimmer, so. okay. Favorite city that you have visited?
0: Var, Croatia. It's spelled H-V-A-R in Croatia. It's beautiful. Look it up.
1: <laughs> I, I got to ask you, how you how did you end up there?
0: Uh, my grandpa is Serbian or was Serbian. He passed away, but he um, was born in modern day Croatia. So we went to go visit his hometown.
1: Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. who, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, uh, I don't know. Someone from NSYNC. <laughs> I love NSYNC, by them. the way. I was just, I was, <laughs> yeah. I had an NSYNC marathon yesterday of videos. I still go back and watch a lot of their choreography. <laughs> I love that. I can't believe I'm saying that on my own podcast, but it is what it no, is. No, it's amazing. I love that too. <laughs> what is your go-to snack? Now I would say you wake up at midnight or you, you know, mm-hmm. it is midnight, but for you, that's like your are sleeping hours. So before you go to bed or when you wake up at some point, Like, what's your go-to snack? What do you like to have?
0: Cereal. Big cereal eater. My entire pantry is cereal. I have probably 20 boxes of cereal in my pantry right now.
1: What's your favorite
0: one? Um, I mix a lot. So I mix Special K with Raisin Bran with something else, usually. All three. (laughs) But I I don't hate the sugary ones, either. I'll eat those, too. (laughs)
1: Okay. Uh, What movie have you probably rewatched more than any other?
0: Step and Family uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Good ones. If that says anything about me, <laughs> those two <laughs> movies, I can quote them front to back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Put yourself on blast a little bit here. Like, what's your worst yeah. habit?
0: I have so many terrible habits, but I think one of my worst is that I pick my split ends, and I do it when I'm bored. So I'll be in the station and it'll be during a commercial break. And the director says in my ear, something, you know, something about it. But yeah, I, I picked my split ends and they probably end up all over the place, which is gross.
1: <laughs> name a TV but game show, me. name a TV game show that if you were on it, you feel like you could potentially do very well, whether it's a current one, one from the past, any game show, something you think you'd be good on.
0: Yeah, I think I'd be good at Prices Right. Okay, I don't know. I'm I'm the one yelling at the screen, you dummy. That's not worth that. So I think I'm good at. I'd be good at that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, instead of doing right now, I have you via phone. You're in Buffalo. I'm in Florida. Let's just say I'm in Buffalo, and we're at Mm -hmm. I don't know one of the bars on Elm. We're at Cole's, a good bar, something like that. And I convince you. I say, you know what, Kelsey, karaoke's going on. Get up there, grab a microphone, and in this world, Kelsey Anderson is an amazing singer. So. You're going to grab the mic. What song are are you going to sing that the people are going to listen along to? They're going to sing along, maybe dance, whatever kind of vibe that you want them to have. Like what is or what would be your signature karaoke song, at least in your own mind anyway?
0: Well, I do have a signature karaoke song. So this doesn't have to be a what would it be? Because I have one and it's Lean on Me. Okay. That always Gets the group going, and it's such a community feel song. Everyone just links arms, and you sway together, and it's amazing. And I always sound really good when I sing it, but I also always have like a beer or two in me too. So I was I was gonna ask. It <laughs> you might you that. be why
1: I was gonna ask you <laughs> that next because it's you'd be a lot of people who again are in front of the camera every day won't you'll, you'll do a newscast in front of potentially hundreds of tens of thousands of people watching you. But some people won't get on a karaoke stage with eight people at the bar because they're too nervous to sing. That's funny, but you could do it well then, huh?
0: I think I can, but my mother has told me on multiple occasions, I'm a terrible singer. So if your mom is saying it, who should be your number one supporter, it's probably true, but I don't want it to be true. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. By the way, Sal Capaccio from WJR covers the Bills. He's an excellent karaoke singer. Um, Last oh, couple. I did let, not know that about him. Yeah. It. Last couple here. So if we've spent a lot of time talking about your career and everything. Let's just say that you never got involved in this industry or you gave it a shot and you could just tell it was not going to work for you. This was not going to be your thing. What do you think you may be doing with your life right now? Gosh.
0: Um, I could definitely work for New York state travel because I'm such a Buffalo girl. I think I could really get people to come here because I always talk about it and how great it is. Um, some sort of hype woman in that sense. I could also see myself and I mean, this isn't totally off the table. I'm sorry if my boss would is listening to this, but (laughs) I could see myself just going totally off the grid, moving to the middle of nowhere, somewhere out West and, being some sort of ski instructor or something like that. That's actually a lifelong dream and living in an RV. Okay. I would do
1: that. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I already knew you were not meant to live in Florida before, like two minutes into our conversation. Now I really know that that yeah. ain't ever going to happen. I am not a Florida girl. It's too flat there. It's too flat and it's too hot. I agree. Not for me. I'm with you hundred percent. All right. Who's your favorite Twitter follow? Like say if Twitter were to send you a note and say, you know what, Kelsey, all the people that you follow right now, you're going to lose all of them. You can only follow one person or one handle. Like what is your mm-hmm. favorite one? I, I, that could be a really difficult question. I know that.
0: Yeah, that is really tough. Um, I think Chrissy Teigen's really funny. I thought I like her. I also think the bills does a really nice job. I think they're, they're hilarious. And I've met the social media folks. Actually, one of the girls went to orchard park high school um, who runs their social media. I think they're really funny. Um, I don't know. I have so many people that I I laugh at and I'm entertained by. I guess anyone who's like somewhat entertaining and that I can laugh at, because there's so much there's so much serious news out there, and I love obviously most of the people I follow are, are uh, news organizations, um, and that's how I find I, I like to get my news. But um, I I really like scrolling and seeing someone post something really funny.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, second last thing here, give everybody listening a fun fact about you that maybe most people don't know.
0: I was a synchronized swimmer back in the day.
1: That's awesome.
0: It's probably a fact, but I have brought that up on, on air before. so People might know that. So I was a synchronized swimmer with the town of Tonawanda, Aquets, and it actually was pretty intensive, like took up most of my life in middle school and high school. So O T T A all
1: the way. I was going to say that's not easy. I mean, swimming in a pool and just no. swimming is one thing, and that's not easy either. But synchronized swimming—that's got to be very difficult and very time-consuming and take require a lot of dedication. I would assume it's got to.
0: Yeah, especially because there really aren't that many synchronized swimming teams that are locally that are local. So we had to travel across the country most summers. I was not home you know, more than two days at a time. And I was off to another synchro meet somewhere and, you know, California, I don't know, Connecticut, wherever, Florida, we went to a lot. So, hmm.
1: yeah. All right. Last question here. The same one I always end with. Uh, so you could have three famous dinner guests from any era, past, present, doesn't matter, dead or alive, three people at your dinner table, maybe a couple of drinks, whatever, some good conversations, some laughs, whatever. Who you got three famous people.
0: uh, this is really difficult. A very. Honestly, I, I, I don't even know how I would answer this and maybe I'll answer it as a little Kelsey. If I, if you had asked me this when I was eight years old, I swear to you, I would have said Jackie Walker and Don Paul and whoever else at channel four. Cause I, I just, I loved. I loved Jackie Walker.
1: <laughs> How cool is so that? Much. How cool is that? Growing up to get to work with her—I mean, that's got to be an amazing—it's amazing. It's amazing. Thing. It really is it, for you, I'm sure. I like...
0: think it still like hasn't fully hit, and the way I talk about her, sometimes my coworkers do say, "Kelsey, you know she's your coworker <laughs> <laughs> now." Um, but she is—just to put it out there, if you haven't met her, um, people listening, she is just as amazing as she appears on TV. She's a really genuinely, you know, uh, amazing human being. So I'm lucky to work alongside her and so many other people at channel four who have been there for a while. Um, Al Vodder's, Luke Moretti, some of those guys, they, every person who walks in the building, they could be an intern there for two weeks. They will sit down with them and ask them, where do you want to go? How can I help you get there? They're incredible people that we work alongside here at Channel
1: 4. That's really cool. And you're an incredible person yourself, by the way. So everyone on Twitter, give give Kelsey a follow on Twitter, at 4KelseyAnderson. Of course, check her out on WIBB TV. Thank you so much for doing this, Kelsey. Like I said, I, it's not too Thank often. You. It's not too often where I get the opportunity to actually have news media people on. It's something different for me. I really enjoy doing it. You are a lot of fun, some great stuff. Thank you very, very much.
0: Well, it's not too often anyone actually cares about my life and I'm still not sure why they care, but thank you <laughs> for asking me. This was, this was really fun and it's really fun to talk about my love for Buffalo because obviously I do love it here and my love for you know making it to where I did working at Channel 4. It's been, it's been a fun ride.
1: All right, so before I get out of here today, I am starting a brand new segment on the podcast for every Friday show, Pets Picks. And simply put, what I'm gonna do is pick each NFL game for the week with the point spread, excluding Thursday night games, because generally I tape this on Thursdays for the Friday morning podcast release. So that game will already have been played. Now, week one, I did not do it on the podcast, but I did make all my picks on Twitter I went nine five and one against the spread last week. Not bad. Would have won you guys a couple bucks had you listen all my picks. I also do three locks for the week, and I went two and one on my lock picks. So nine five and one in week one overall. Two and one on my lock picks. And let me just say this too before I get go- before I get going. I don't do no research. These are quite literally just my gut feelings. I'm not an expert. I don't sit there. I don't find out what a quarterback's record is against the spread or how this team does on the road against the spread or night games or weather conditions, any of that stuff. I just look at two teams. I look at the line and I say, you know what? I like this team. And frankly, I'm kind of taking it as a challenge because I want to stack my record up for the year against a lot of these so-called experts out there who do all this research, provide you all this data and then charge you a pretty insane amount of money for their picks. Again, that was four games over 500. So I would have won you a couple bucks anyway in week one. On the week two. And by the way, these are lines that come out on Tuesdays every week. That's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to use the FanDuel Sportsbook. Those will be my official lines for the week. And again, no Thursday night games. So on that note, on the week two, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time analyzing these either. At least a lot of these games. Uh, I like Tennessee. Minus nine over Jacksonville. Good win for Jacksonville to start the year at home against Indy, but I think it's going to be a reality check for them this week. Tennessee big. Uh, I like the New York Giants plus six on the road over the Chicago Bears. Now this is the second straight week that I take it to Giants plus the points. They let me down week one, Monday night against Pittsburgh, but I like the Giants offense. I really do. I like them a lot. And that was with Saquon Barkley doing nothing against the Steelers. I'm not that impressed with Chicago. So if you give me six points, I'm going to take the Giants. Uh, Moving on, I like Dallas minus five over Atlanta. I like Denver plus six and a half points over Pittsburgh on the road, which is kind of weird for me. I don't know. Like I said, it's a it's a gut feeling because I like the Steelers a lot. In fact, on Tuesday's podcast with Aaron Quinn and on Twitter earlier in the week, I actually think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to ultimately win the AFC North over the Baltimore Ravens. But I don't know. Still early in the season. I think Big Ben still got a little bit of rust. I like Denver's offense. Give me six and a half points. I'll take that. I'll take it. Uh, Moving on, Indy minus three over Minnesota. This is already a big game for both these teams. Neither team wants to start 0 2. Indy, again, a tough loss at Jacksonville. I think they bounce back here. I like them by more than a field goal. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay minus nine and a half over Carolina. And let me say this too I am not very impressed with Tampa Bay at all. Even before the season, they did not look good offensively against the Saints at all. But if there's a game where Tom Brady is going to look good, this is definitely going to be one of them. It's the home opener. They took a pretty humbling loss in week one. So yeah, I I just see it this week. But again, I don't read too much into it. Mike Evans, I think, had, what, one catch against the Saints. I expect him to have a much bigger game. They'll have a pretty easy time, an easy go at it. Nine and a half over Carolina for sure. Here's the game where I'm probably going to piss some Bills fans off. But again, I'm I'm keeping it real, man. I am taking Miami this week, plus the points, five and a half over the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Bills are going to win, just so we're clear here. But I see them winning by three or four points. Miami, now the Bills have, again, I said I didn't do any research. I didn't do the research, but I saw it on Twitter. I think the Bills have covered three straight years in Miami, the spread. But I'll tell you what, Miami is a tough team. Don't read too much into the opening week loss at New England. They lost by 10. They're a pretty good team. They're still figuring some stuff out. Got a lot of talent on defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows the Buffalo Bills very well. I could just see this being a very tough game. I do think the Bills are going to win. Maybe it's on a a final Josh Allen drive. They win by three or four, but give me five and a half. I got to take Miami, man. Sorry, folks. Uh, Moving on, San Francisco minus seven on the road over the New York Jets. I'll tell you what, the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. I will be stunned after week 17 if the New York Jets don't have the first pick of the 2021 draft. I just think they're terrible. Sam Darnold, I can't judge him too much because it's it's just not fair. There's nothing around him at all. Horrible coaching, a joke of a defense, at least stop in the pass anyway, as we saw opening week against the Bills. I don't like nothing about that team. Frisco lost in week one. They're going to bounce back. They're angry. They don't want to be 0-2. So they're going to come out big and destroy the Jets on the road. I like Philly plus one and a half over the Rams. I like Green Bay minus five and a half over Detroit, who still may be reeling over blowing that game, quite literally blowing that game. DeAndre Swift dropping that pass at the end of the game to beat Chicago. Green Bay's at home looking to go 2-0. Aaron Rodgers has so much to prove this year. A big chip on his shoulder. I see a big game from him again after a big game in week one. So I'll take Green Bay minus five and a half. I like Houston plus seven at home over Baltimore. Again, Baltimore is a very good team. Probably one of the top two teams for sure in the AFC. But man, Houston at home getting seven. I'll take Deshaun Watson plus seven. They had a pretty tough loss at Kansas City. Open up the season. I expect them to play better. I certainly expect them to cover seven. So I'll take that. Give me Arizona minus six and a half over Washington. Arizona, I am still won't be quite sure that they're for real. But yo, beating Frisco opening week. And then if they cover six and a half against Washington, man, they're going to definitely open up some eyes at least. That's for sure. So Arizona minus six and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers plus the points. Eight and a half points at home over Kansas City. That's just a lot of points for a divisional rival. I think the Chargers played pretty good defense. Tyrod Taylor, we all know this in Buffalo. He's not going to really do a lot in the passing game, but he's not going to hurt the offense that much. He's not going to turn a ball over. So I can see this being a touchdown score. I'll give me the Chargers. Early in the year, Kansas City might be a little rusty on the road. First game on the road. I'll take the points, eight and a half. So I'll take the Chargers there. Two more games left here, folks. Sunday night. I'm going to take Seattle minus four over the New England Patriots. It's not me so much hating on the Patriots. I just really like Seattle this year. Russell Wilson, I think is finally going to be legitimately in the conversation for MVP this year. So I'll take Seattle minus four. And then on Monday night, a little bit of an upset, actually, probably a lot of it of an upset. I'm going to take Vegas minus, not minus, I'm sorry, Vegas plus five and a half over the New Orleans Saints in Las Vegas. I just see him playing tough. Now, I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL, by the way. On my prediction show, with Ryan Talbot, we made our Super Bowl picks. I picked the Saints to win the entire thing, the Super Bowl, beating Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But you have a couple games throughout the year where you're not at your best. I think the Raiders are going to be a very tough test. I think they're going to play well at home, and I think they're going to cover five and a half. So that's my picks. My three locks for this week, I'm going to go Green Bay minus five and a half, Tampa Bay minus nine and a half, and Tennessee minus nine. So there's the picks, there's the locks, and we'll see how we do next week. And by the way, if you're scoring at home, make your own pick, keep your own record, tweet at me, at Tweets, or shoot an email, podcast at gmail.com. i love to know how you guys are doing too. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very, very big thank you again, Kelsey Anderson, Morning News Anchor at Channel 4. Thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Guys, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. Rate and review, all that fun stuff. It only takes a couple of seconds to do, and it really helps me continue to grow this podcast. You can catch us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are found. Follow us on YouTube as well. We have our own YouTube channel, Talking Buffalo Podcast. I don't have video stuff up there yet, but I have audio highlight clips from current and past episodes. Really soon, I'm going to have some original content. You don't want to miss that. So again, Talking Buffalo Podcast on YouTube. And then last but not least, follow me on Twitter, at Pat Moran tweets. I am constantly on there, promoting this podcast, talking sports, going at it with fans. Lots of fun. I like live on Twitter. I say it all the time. You want to find me? Don't even bother emailing me or texting me or any of other stuff. Just find me on Twitter. That's where I'm going to be. At Pat Moran tweets. And again, thank you so much for listening. I say it all the time. I really mean it so many good podcasts out there, so many alternatives, so many options. When you're locked into this one, I do not take it lightly at all. I'm very humble and very appreciative to all you. So thank you very much. Have a good weekend. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Tuesday. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be talking about the 2-0 Buffalo Bills.